Welcome. The latest episode. Again. Again, a latest latest episode of Right Wings. I I'm not even going to attempt to, you know, count or remember. Pretty sure this is the fifth. Okay. Um, uh, we are coming to you um, just before NaNoWriMo, just before all hell breaks loose for us writers. Um, at least this writer right here. Um, have or you decided? Or at least those writers, or at least those writers who are doing NaNoWriMo. Um, uh, I'm I'm just gonna kind of take it easy, um, getting back into the saddle, as it were. Yes, because uh, you've been writing. I have oh. indeed. Um, shock horror, and uh, let's just give our listeners uh, a couple of minutes to recover from the uh, the utmost shock that they've probably just had. We can so, now play know, some elevator music. Go and have a quick shot of brandy or whatever you need to have a drink of. Yeah. We both been uh, writing actually, so um, make it a double. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, just generally a bit of a shock all round, I think. <laughs> so how so, is your writing going? Um, it went well. Um, two nights ago, I I just basically one of the main problems for me is is the distraction of uh, video games. I absolutely I am a big mad gamer, and I absolutely love playing all sorts of different things. And I've just been distracted by so many things right now. Um, so it just got to the point where I was like, look, for God's sake, I really need to do some writing. So I actually just unplugged my my PlayStation and I gave the cables to my missus and I said, right, just keep t- just hide those from me. Okay, because no matter what happens, I have to write. That's, that's drastic. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it was needed, to be honest. Um, and since doing that, uh, over the last three days, I've written over 3,000 words, so uh, I think nice. it's uh, done the job. Nice. Uh, I had to spend 45 minutes actually trying to find the most recent um, version of this current work in progress because there was some paragraphs I, I knew I'd written, but either I accidentally deleted the, the copy that had those paragraphs in, or I wrote them and then deleted them because I didn't like them. In any case, um, I rewrote them. Uh, they're better. And then because they were better, I was able to carry on at long last. And I, I've, I've made progress. Um, this is for my, uh, my high, high fantasy work in progress. Uh, still has no title. But it's, it's a story that I've got so many ideas for, and they, they all kind of line up pretty neatly, so it's good to be getting back on with that one. Yeah, when, when, you, when you have something that uh, lines up and kind of comes to you as a, as a neatly packaged thing, as opposed to a jumble of ideas, um, you, just have to, you just have to write because it doesn't happen yeah, absolutely. Um, as it happens, um, the thing I'm writing is uh, also kind of a similar. Um, yeah, uh, I, I was just about to ask, uh, you know, how's how's your writing been going? What is it you've been writing? Um, uh, it's um, when I say I'm writing, it's more of um, outlining 
um, my nano project, um, which uh, I don't normally do um, for mm-hmm. a story. Um, I, I kind of tend to dance it. Um, but uh, for me as well, um, it, uh, this idea comes, if not fully armored, um, leaping from my head. Um, it was pretty neatly structured already, so um, I, I knew I had to act on it and kind of uh, figured that uh, Nano was as good a good an opportunity as any to um, to execute on it. So I, I did an outline, um, then I started panicking because it's uh, it's uh, alternate history or historical fiction, depending on how you look at it. Spanning 4,000 years. Um, yeah. Um, and it's basically just a setting up the environment or the world for my sci-fi stuff. But it's been great fun. Um, I, 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 have the, I have the outline. Um, it just needs to be written. <coughs> <laughs> but I'm, so it's always the hard bit is actually putting it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um, it's uh, what I what I discovered with outlining, and it, this this was kind of new for me because uh, anytime, and maybe this is why I, I don't do outlines that much, is uh, when I start out yeah. when I start outlining, I try to instead of outlining, instead of kind of. Um, Finding the beats and finding the the edges of the of the story, um, I I kind of uh, want to write the thing without writing the thing, if that makes any sense. Um, uh, so, I you, I find that you barely ever make sense, but you know whatever we'll yeah. go with that for now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, but uh, yeah, no. This this kind of this this outline is is just uh, just structure and just uh, plot. Uh, there's there's nothing nothing in there that's uh, it's, uh, it's it's a bunch of ideas very neatly organized. Um, it's chronological, but I won't be writing it chronologically. Um, but with each, you know, with each uh, um, section, I know where I, what's happening and where I need to be, and uh, and nothing else. So it's it's equal part outlining and equal part describing writing. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you're actually going to have fun writing it, then uh, that's the main thing. And. Um... I certainly yeah. look forward to, uh, to to seeing the finished product. Um, well, I was hoping that you would you would see uh, a, an unfinished product first and help me edit it and back to the beta reader. But yeah, you know, only only only, only I, I I you know only if you offer it. So it's you know <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> Well, yeah, we can, we can, we can, you know, uh, beta read each other's uh, work in progress, and I think that's that's a fair deal. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so this week we have uh, an esteemed guest, um, Apex Sizemore from uh, Apex Sizemore. 
Jason Sizemore <laughs> from Apex Magazine and Apex Sizemore from Jason Magazine. Um, <laughs> we are we are on top of. I am on top of this thing. Like uh, nothing in the history. You need to um, get sleep. Yeah, that too. But I also want to finish my work before Nano, so I'm kind of more free to uh, to write uh, as opposed to being distracted by adult things like making money. <laughs> Well, I, you say that Jornano, you want to be more free to write, but we all know that it'll actually be more free to stare into the void and uh, and have minor mental breakdowns because that's all Nano ever is for writers. Yeah, but I have a schedule for that. You know, I, I go into a mental breakdown at 10:30 every morning, and that lasts for half an hour, hour, um, and then back to back to the grind. I have a, me- a mental breakdown from pretty much the time I wake up to the time I go. I hear you. <laughs> um, so without further ado, here's our interview with Jason. We are here um, with Jason Sizemore of the Apex Magazine uh, fame. And we thank you, Jason, for joining us for, uh, for an interview. Oh, it's yeah, my thank pleasure. you very much. It's greatly appreciated. Um, so before we jump in, and I do have uh, quite a few questions to you, um, in case anyone uh, amongst our listeners who don't know who you are, um, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, yes, hello. Uh, I am Jason Sizemore, as you mentioned, of Apex Magazine fame. I'm the editor-in-chief of a- Apex Magazine. I am also the editor-in-chief and managing editor of Apex Books, which is like the uh, brother company of Apex Magazine. Uh, Both uh, divisions have kind of the same, um, let's just say, uh, goals of publishing very edgy and dark sci-fi with a social and um, uh, technology-based um, outlook and Apex has awesome. uh, the, the, the most uh, amazing I know that Stephen King said on Twitter that we shouldn't use the word amazing but the most amazing covers I've ever seen oh yeah thank you uh, in terms of Apex you're, you're more than welcome to use the word amazing over and over I, I won't complain <laughs> because I, I'm going to drop an amazing uh, part of the the cover uh, is can be laid at the feet of Leslie Connor. She's the kind of my art director. She decides on each month's cover. So all those beautiful covers that we have, she finds them. Yeah, I, I know so, that uh, the, the old. Uh, uh, saying goes like uh, don't ju- judge uh, a book by its cover but uh, as we will probably discuss um, in publishing um, you do ju- judge a book by its cover very much yeah it's both a fortunate and unfortunate reality yeah but um, on, on the other hand it uh, and it also ties into um, into kind of uh, the 
care or or like the the more care that small publishers put in um, into their operations that uh, they find um, not just uh, new authors and new uh, stories but also new artists and uh, give them give them exposure um, so to speak. Um, I know that you you are kind of uh, not not a fan of of the of the word exposure or the concept of uh, of exposure. So, um, as a segue to that, I want to um, quote something from your book, um, which is titled "For Exposure." Um, okay. <laughs> um, which kind of grabbed me, and and uh, I think it's a great uh, starting point for for uh, this interview. Um, and it's uh, I didn't want to be old, reliable, and boring. I wanted to be someone who might make a difference in the world. And uh, and I really enjoyed the book, and I will put a link to it um, in the show notes. Um, because and I and I really love this sentiment because uh, and I think Apex is doing just that that uh, um, make a difference in, in in the world or at least in the in the words of uh, of all those people who who get their start and um, and uh, why don't you kind of um, walk us through the the idea behind why did you get into and uh, and kind of this kind of uh, ethos that you you give uh, give a voice to to people who otherwise would have trouble uh, breaking into the industry. Yeah, certainly. You know, I uh, I never really grew up as a um, social warrior, so to speak, and and I really don't really I don't consider myself one now. Um, but I, I do believe in a certain degree of active activism, and I think um, with Apex, it kind of fulfills some of that activism need that I found myself having um, 12, 13 years ago. Um, and especially nowadays, uh, there's a lot going on in the world. So, um, doing the magazine and doing the books now, uh, to me has never been more important now, you know, uh, to make a difference in the world that that's not just on the social aspect. I also wanted to, you know, as an artist, as a writer, editor, publisher, I wanted to pr- produce works that people would remember or appreciate or be entertained by uh it's the same motive that any other artists would have and when i came up with the the business plan for apex you know not only was it uh you know to make a little bit of money so it can be self-sustaining it was also to to be an entity that was looked at like uh, any other successful entertainment venture and looking at it that way I think that's helped us uh, stand out uh, I was speaking with uh, a writers group that I lead uh, here in Lexington last night and they were talking about 
how yeah uh, a lot of our stories does have like a certain point of view but it also it's very very entertaining and we avoid being preachy and we avoid knocking you over the head with um, beliefs and political stuff uh, yeah sure we do want to um, express a narrative that's open-minded and fair and um, inclusive but um, our main thrust is to always be interesting and to be entertaining that's a good outlet to have I think <clears throat> yeah uh, I won't name names but I mean there are certain publications and publishers out there who are just seeking to make statements and they don't concern themselves with the quality uh, of the work in terms of it being um, fun you know fun to read or whatever so yeah, and, um, it, yeah absolutely. It, it, it's all well and good making making statements in writing and things like that, but the the book still has to be readable in order for the reader to actually get the messages you're trying to get across. Yeah, um, and and it's important to know that uh, um, Apex is a is a pro rate magazine, so um, if uh, if any of any of us, any any writer who submits and, and is accepted, um, that's uh, credit towards um, um, SIFA membership and and all that good, good stuff, um, which is uh, which is another aspect of the uh, of the book that I really enjoyed is that even even when when things didn't go that well. Um, um, on the on the business front uh, that you you held on to um, having the responsibility to, to all these people who, who could get trust and uh, their um, creative uh, um, energy and time into into submitting and into going through the through the process. Yeah, you have to respect and pay writers and be professional. And in return, I expect writers to be professional towards us. Uh, it all begins with writers, really. I mean, they're the one producing the content. Um, I see myself as someone who might shape the content into a, um, a cleaner form. And I will package it for the customer, which, you know, the readers... But when it comes down to it, without writers, without skilled writers, you have nothing. Uh, and I, I would like to say, too, that, yeah, we we are a CEPWA and HWA uh, certified pro market. But that doesn't mean that um, if you are a new writer, you don't have a chance. I would say every third or fourth person we publish is... It is a uh, first professional sale for that person it's, and that's always a great thrill to me and my fellow editors being able to say oh yeah I was this person's first pro sale because 
oftentimes that person will go on to um, be successfully published continuously and find themselves having a successful career down the road. Yeah, but they live in the first, the very first um, chapter for as if for um, PayPal transfer or or, or, or something that uh, that they got uh, for their wedding. Um, I know, uh, like I. It's would... like when a, a kid does well. <laughs> when you see someone you've published do well, it, it's like, oh yeah, I'm very happy for them. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can. Yeah, yeah. can now. The reconnect idea was good. That seemed to fix it. Well, you know, when in doubt, um, have you tried turning <laughs> it off and then back on again? Absolutely. <laughs> I used to do software development, and people would always ask me, oh, man, my computer's not working. And sure enough, that was my advice every time, and more often than not, it would work. <laughs> um, te- te- technical issues are kind of um, uh, a brand thing for us, so oh. <laughs> uh, it, it it may be our bad mojo. Um, so um, you're just, just trying to go- spin it any way you can, aren't you, Greg? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I do. I'm a marketing guy. Um, uh, <laughs> so uh, what I was going to ask is. Um, Without, um, you know, I don't want to uh, paint the false perception of big publishing versus small publishing, because I think um, there are great people working in this industry and who like what they do, and and um, and and they are worth um, submitting to. But if you could um, just talk about um, how is how small publishing different, more specifically, you know, how is a from 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 the others and uh, um, why would you encourage people to to submit to you and uh, yeah basically that's it I just uh, almost babbled on okay well you know there's there's self-publishing small publishing and what I would call New York publishing which is the big five Uh, and I think um, depending on who you are um one channel is better than the other and i don't really think one is better or worse than the other uh and they all three can produce you know money if you know what you're doing uh now when would you want to go with a small press like apex okay so Self-publishing is a venture that if you're a people person and you like to travel and like to connect and love doing interviews and you're charming, that might be the way to go for you in terms of, you know, making money. Uh, If you want to be completely hands-off and have an agent or have a huge marketing department possibly backing you uh you know go to new york now if you want to be involved but 
you know, it's kind of like the three bears, you know, one's too hot, one's too cold, one's just right. Uh, if you're in the middle on both of those, uh, then small press is the way to go. It's a lot more intimate than going with the New York house. Uh, you get more control over the book and you get uh, plenty of opportunities to take part in the marketing if you want to. Um, I, I think all good small presses have their own marketing push and don't require authors to do a great deal of marketing, but um, that's something if you do go into small press that you would expect to do. Uh, why would you go into Apex? Because, well, um, unlike some other small and micro presses, you know, we pay advances, we um, do try to market our books, uh, we're, we are out there pounding the pavements, and by that I mean going to conventions and what have you uh, to promote uh, business and our books. Uh, and also I think we just have some pretty darn good editors in Leslie Connor and Jane Clark and Hannah Krieger who um, will help select fantastic artwork and help make your book uh, really awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, back in the day when I first started uh, this podcast in its first iteration, um, um, my first interview courtesy of uh, Apex was uh, Jerry Gordon and uh, his one advice that he would give to writers is the network and uh, um, like you said you go to conventions and, and uh, there are a lot of people um, due to the nature of, um, of small publishing um, uh, there, is, uh, 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 there are a lot of people um, coming in and going out and, and making it um, so there is a there is a great deal of networking to be done, which I absolutely. And you know, you don't have to like travel and attend events. Uh, it's good if you can, because you know that's the, probably the most effective way to network face to face. But I mean, yeah, be involved in the online community. Uh, interact with your favorite editors and publishers and writers on, on Twitter and Facebook. <clears throat> and after you do that for a while, you'll you'll get a good um, overall picture of uh, what they're like, um, their beliefs, um, the kind of stuff they like to publish, and if they fit into what you want as an editor or publisher also you know you'll make friends with other writers and if there's one thing writers are all very good at it's gossiping and you'll hear oh so and so is not paying so maybe you'll want to stay away from them or so and so has a really mean editor I've never heard that one about myself but um, you, you know maybe uh, you don't want to work with a mean editor so you avoid that publishing house and um, uh, 
another thing that uh, I, I think, or I would assume that uh, uh, small publishers are more exposed to, is uh, is kind of a, a teaching experience because, like, uh, self-published uh, uh, authors don't really um, know or experience how the publishing process works in a in on an on an industry level. And uh, with the big five, um, uh, you you kind of go in knowing uh, what you're doing, or have people around you, like an agent or a manager or, or what have you, um, who knows what they're doing. So, do you do you think that small publishers are also um, um, uh, a teaching experience, and do you have that? Uh, do you view this as a as an added responsibility on on your part to kind of explain and kind of um, walk new uh, authors through the bases and and show them that this is how it works, this is the process, the the contract and the and the publishing window and the editing and all that all that stuff. Certainly. Um... Especially with first-time authors, there is a lot of hand-holding, you know, a lot of explanations. There have been instances where I have had to explain every clause in the contract to the writer. Not because that they were suspicious, it's because, you know, they're not familiar with uh, the legal uh, terminology with contracts. It's, it can be very confusing. It confuses me still. And um, this is why agents are such a good thing, yeah. <clears throat> especially if you're dealing with um, a, a big publisher. Uh, one caveat, though, is small press be really hard to, to find a good one. There are so many crooked small press out there that it kind of... Uh, has at times given the um, small and indie press side of things a bad reputation. Um, this is where networking again is um, key. So before you sign with a small press or an agent, um, certainly do your homework. Yeah, definitely. At, at least Google them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, at the very least, make sure they're not in jail or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, Martin, do you have any any questions on this? Um, before I segue into into the epic book of word science fiction. Um. In all fairness, uh, I actually don't uh, on this occasion. Um, I, I, I'll be completely honest. I, I've not known about Apex for particularly long. I don't really know huge amounts of outlooks, but um, so yeah, if nothing I, else, I, one I, I, additional I, person has learned about Apex. Then yeah, there <laughs> yeah, we go. exactly, and, and the. And the uh, dozens of listeners, um, or dozen of listeners <laughs> of this podcast, <laughs> um, 
So, um, tell us a little bit about the the newest uh, um, um, issue of uh, of the Apex book of of Burdessa. because it, it yeah, fascinates that me. Is, that just came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was edited by Lavi Tidhar and Christina Gerardo, who um, is. Guest editor. Lavi is the series editor. He did the first three on his own, and then he was like, if you don't know Lavi, you know, he's like, uh, this is too much work. I'm lazy. Uh so he <laughs> he's like, Can I get a you know <laughs> So he's a typical writer then. True. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, he's such a stereotype. <laughs> uh Lavi, you're probably not listening, but you know, I still love you, man. Uh for volume four, he had Mavesh Murado, um, and then volume five, Chris Dorado. Um, they, they they selected uh, twenty three stories over all over the world. Um, some translated for the first time into English, um, some reprinted for the first time in English. Uh, the series has done incredibly well for us. Uh, it's been what I think it's. You know, we were talking earlier about making a difference. Uh, I think it's one of those anthology series that has made some difference in that it has helped uh, broaden um, readers' um, uh, Perspective on things such as own voices and um, uh, sci-fi and translation. Uh, you know, it's not the only part of the whole movement, but it has certainly played it. You know, you know, played some role in it, and I'm very proud of that. And Lavi is as well. Yeah, because that's. that's yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of the the the. There are two main reasons I I brought this up. One obviously is that it's new and people should buy it. And we will put um, all the the appropriate links um, in the show notes. Um, and the other is that um, I I do feel that um, um, fiction and and uh, particularly genre fiction is. Um, is becoming or, or starting to become um, kind of uh, one-sided, and uh, and it desperately needs uh, diversity and different perspectives. As uh, um, a very good uh, example from recent memory that really made uh, an, an impression was uh, obviously Black Panther um, with the. Afro-futuristic um, um, sensibilities, um, and that was such a, a novel thing for for the mainstream um, entertainment that it, it did really well. And uh, and from that perspective, it's really important. And the other thing is that um, a lot of people outside of the major Western markets, like the UK and the US. Um, have a harder time um, getting into the industry and, and getting their voices heard. So I think 
it is absolutely vital um, for, for making a difference um, with these people. And uh, and that's uh, it's great. Um, what are your thoughts? Like you you know the the market better than I do. Um, do you think it's uh, it's a uh, um, it's an issue that we should um, address to have a logic like this, or do you think it's it's much more balanced than it's from my, my side of the of things? Uh, I think it's um, I, I think it's becoming more the norm because of to me uh, diverse fiction is interesting fiction and I think it's not just for me but I think people are finding out hey that's true for us as well uh, you know I've read all the the white guy sci-fi uh, nothing wrong with it it's great stuff uh, I've been reading it my whole life but you know it's good to shake things up and that's where being um, including uh, diverse fiction not only you know makes everyone equal on a playing field when it comes to writing and on a social level, but it also strengthens the overall literary environment and certainly makes it a lot more interesting for readers. Um, so I, I don't understand why some readers push back against that. Well, I, I kind of do. A lot of it has to do with bigoted and racist views. Uh, but there are some people who aren't that way who who still push back and that they're just uncomfortable with trying new things. Uh, to me, the newness of of a writer's voice like Todd A. Thompson, whose Rosewater we published, totally blew me away. As opposed to, you know, if I found yet another white writer writing cyberpunk, which I have published a couple of books like that. Like I said, I enjoy it. But there's just something fresh and wonderful um, getting sci-fi from other cultures. Yeah. And, um, like, it, it's very encouraging that you said that uh, uh, the series um, has been great for you, both because, you know, it's a success for, for the publisher, and also because that means that people are responding to it in a positive way. Absolutely. You know, uh, the current um, Afrofuturism movement, I think, is a good example. Like you said, you know, you mentioned Black Panther. Uh, we we have the uh, Nalo Hopkinson's books and um, my, my uh, reprints editor Maurice Broadus writes really good Afrofuturism and his career has been on the up and up um, so you know it, it's a style that readers are 
finding that they love and are kind of clamoring for and it's it's wonderful to see I was like it's about time yeah. and it's going to be a gateway um, to other um, not not so much mainstream um, yeah absolutely yeah yeah um, so, um, to kind of, um, wrap up the interview, I wanted to ask, um, if you have any, um, advice or, or, um, things to note for, um, we like to imagine or, 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 uh, things that our, um, audiences, uh, mostly, um, writers who are, um, working on their first pieces and, and look for advice and, um, and try to get into the business. And I think um, um, writing short fiction and, and, and going to um, small, small press is, um, is still um, not really an available way, but, but a very, very valuable way to to get started. So um, if you if you could share some thoughts on that um, and uh, what to what to do, what not to do, um, and um, um, yeah, along the lines of that. Uh, what to do and what not to do. Well, there's whole books written on both of those <laughs> subjects. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. I, I'm uh, going by the for exposure book. Uh, go to the Apex Room Apartments. That 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 seems to be a good way to <laughs> yeah. make connections. Yeah, go to the Apex parties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some experiences in for exposure that uh, like to tease me about, but. Uh, you know, the reason I shared them is to show that uh, everyone's path to success is riddled with potholes and unfortunate events. So, <clears throat> and I think for exposure certainly gets that point across. Uh, now, for advice for an author working on their first piece that they're hoping to be published. Uh, I really think, unless that you are naturally gifted, that you need to have formal guidance from someone, and you know, an editor uh, or a friend who teaches English or something, who can explain to you, you know, in terms of plot theme, setting, character, all the core elements of a novel. What is not working and what is working and the why of it. Uh, often you'll get feedback from friends who are beta readers saying, oh, I really didn't like this part, you know, blah, 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 blah. They're not able to say why, perhaps, or or say, if you did that instead of this, um, it'll fix things. Uh, so if you can find like a mentor and this is where, you know, joining writers groups or CEFWA or HWA can be helpful. Um, or go to like a local literary center 
and and find these more experienced writers and editors and i, I think uh of your odds of being published many fold and, and more specifically um now that uh nanorhino is upon us um um do you have anything to say to um aspiring writers um, other than you know don't uh, submit your manuscript on december 1st um to the first editor that you do your best yeah yeah you always gotta add that caveat don't yeah. submit your nano manuscript <laughs> i I'm I'm a fan of NaNoWriMo. I think it's a really good way of getting your butt in the seat. And it, if you, as they say, if you win NaNoWriMo, it's really good training on uh, meeting a word count every day and making sure that you write on a regular schedule. That can be very difficult for people who <clears throat> are trying to uh, transition into a writing career. Um, because you know after a week or two the, the newness the cool feeling of it starts to wear off and it starts to feel like a grind so you know overcoming that is is a good uh probably the most beneficial part of nano because um, you know the stuff you write if it's your first or second nano it's probably not gonna be very good so take it as a learning experience as to what it is like being a professional writer I mean you always be writing right that you're every day your butt has to be in the seat and you have to be cranking the words out great um thank you so much for for coming on the show and to our listeners and subscribe to apex because it's awesome and uh, another added benefit is that uh, at least in my experience um when i when i started getting seriously um into short fiction and i want my short fiction um coming from a background where i was mostly reading novels um and basically i just sat down and uh read a text by the picture in the next edition Written or shorter stories and different structures. Yeah, I think that's it's a great suggestion. As you know, it can be Apex or Clark's World or you know FNSF. What you'll get is you know not only will you read interesting stories, but over and over again you'll start seeing okay. This is how you construct a really good story. Uh, yeah, and and, and, and uh, for, uh, particularly like from the at the very beginning that you uh, like publish pieces that have uh, that have a personal connection, personal um, uh, perspective, and I think that translates also into very innovative and creative. Storytelling methods, like I was blown away by by many many um, stories that uh, that weren't traditional structured or, or doesn't uh, weren't uh, straight up uh, beginning middle end story, but it still 
created beautifully and so beautifully, and uh, and it inspired me to to look at how I tell stories and, and what is possible to do um, with not necessarily fifty thousand words, but uh, six thousand, two thousand, Yeah, someone asked me if I considered the magazine avant-garde because every once in a while we, we do publish stuff that has a non-traditional uh, structure or plot and I'm just like no if you've seen the show Black Mirror that that right there is that's about as apex as you can get yeah, and and the other thing I, I would encourage everybody to to do is uh, buy the buy the word SF book, um, either the new one or or the or the previous ones, all of them really, um, because uh, we need to expose to to fiction and to ideas that aren't part of our current perspective. Um, yeah, I agree. And Lavi has a really good track record of finding writers who have went on to uh, bigger and you know better things, so to speak. Uh, he he certainly has an eye for uh, worldwide uh, SF and and who's good. So, if you kind of want to be ahead of the curve, grab the new volume. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the, you know, a couple years ago we, we did a revamping of the covers. So now they all have this really cool retro uh, look and they look really nice lined up on a bookshelf. Oh, yeah. Set up. I, I, I saw your post. I, I love I love that idea, and I also uh, because it's, it's my pet peeve when, 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 when publishers publish a series and then in the middle of it they switch formats and then it just you know it just looks funky on the on the bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. So so it's it's great that the, the set is is uh, um, it, it it looks great. Um, thank you, Jason, so much for, for your time. Um, dear listeners, every link and, and reference and, and, and all that good stuff will be in the show notes and will be on our Twitter timeline. Um, you can find um, Jason on Twitter as well um, at ApexJason and uh, ApexMag and Apex Book Company, I think is the handle on That's Twitter. That's right. Um, go follow them, check out their uh, website and read their stuff because it's amazing. Definitely, thank you uh, very much for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Um, really <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate it. Uh, this, um, is probably the, this is probably the most, uh, the most uh, reserved we've ever been. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> <laughs> You should have gotten crazy for me. Come on. <laughs> Who's, whose child is that in the background? Oh, that was Martin. <laughs> yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be mine. Um, <laughs> can, can we make uh, them 
co-host instead of you. I don't know. Just <laughs> I, no, I think I should make a co-host instead of you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, she she talks just as much, but yeah, she's uh, a lot more interesting to listen to. Yeah. Touche. What are you talking about? Oh. So I guess this is the this is where we wrap things up with a nice little bow. Yeah. Well, you you wrap things. And everybody up gets to listen I, to my. You know, everyone gets to listen to my to my calming English voice. Indeed. So uh, yes, once again, uh, thank you everybody for for listening to us. Um, we absolutely do love uh, any feedback that you care to offer us. Um, you can get in touch with us through Twitter. Uh, all of our usual Twitter uh, links are going to be in the show notes. You can leave us voice messages on Anchor. Uh, we would absolutely love to hear from you there as well. Or. You can even email us, thanks to the wonders of email, uh, at writerings.podcast at gmail.com. Um, have I left anything out? Um, rate us um, on iTunes, on Stitcher, and yes. uh, wherever you listen to, because um, that helps us a great deal. Um, and it, it uh, more importantly, it helps others to discover us. Um, share um, share our episodes with your friends, or if you didn't like the episode, share it with your enemies. We take either. Um, <laughs> spread the word and um, definitely talk to us um, and uh, let us know what you think. Um, next week, um, we will return with another very lovely English voice um, besides Martin's. Um, and I will let the two of them talk and uh, <laughs> be English and uh, and yeah um, we will talk to yeah. you so, next week so if, if next week's conversation ends up descending into the weather and tea you know why <laughs> yeah um, I promise I won't drink my tea with lemon juice <laughs> Or I try. Fucking Philistine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. We can't we can't all be sophisticated Brits. That's Yeah, more's the pity. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm from the Eastern Bloc. I Anyway. We all have our crosses um, to bear. Yeah. <laughs> and and our origins origin stories to kind of forget. Um thank you. Um, and we will speak to you next week absolutely thank you everybody again and we'll speak to you next week good night cheers the podcast you just heard was published with Anchor got something you want to say to the creator of this show send them a voice message using the Anchor app free for iOS and Android.